Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. We have a whole system in place, basically. fills out a whole property report on raw land and what we're looking for. And as long as I can sleep well at night, risking $5,000 or less on that transaction... We'll close it that way. But typically, if it's more than 5000 I don't want to. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today, we have a returning guest because he's going to teach us how to buy raw land 20 to 30 cents on the dollar. How about that, best ever listeners? Mark Podolsky. How you doing, Mark? Joe, great to talk to you again, man. Yeah, nice to have you on the show, my friend. You were on episode 77. This is like episode 1,000 or something. You're one of the beginning founding guests that helped make the show what it is, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and I'm grateful to watch the ascent of it. And when I first interviewed you on my podcast, I knew, like, I'm like, this guy is just going to be huge. And at that point, like, you had already done, like, your first big apartment deal. Mm -hmm. And I was so jealous and so angry at the same time. Like, you're so young <laughs> and good looking. And you're like, why is this guy so mad at me? 
and now I'm just really happy for you. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm over it. <laughs> well, I will take all of that with a warm heart, and I can tell you that I always enjoy our conversations, especially since I know very little about what you do and what you specialize in. And I love learning new stuff, and that's why I do what I do. That's why I do a daily real estate investing podcast to learn new stuff. And I know the best ever listeners are excited as well. Best ever listeners, if you want to hear Mark's best ever advice, then tune in to episode 77, and you'll be able to hear that. We're going to be specific today about how to buy raw land 20 to 30 cents on the dollar. Mark is the owner of land geek enterprises is that right yeah the land investing business is frontier equity properties and that's been around since 2001 and i've done over gosh i've lost track now but over 5000 land flips and the landgeek.com is the vehicle to teach people how to do what i do and I, that part is just so gratifying when people are telling me they made more money in land investing this year than they did at their full time job right mm -hmm. it's really amazing over 5,000 transactions that you've done with investing in raw land, 14 years, probably more than that, right? Maybe 15 years by now? 16. It's been two years since we talked, on the podcast at least. 16 years. Okay, so investing in raw land for over 16 years. Let's roll, baby. You want to give the best ever listeners just a little bit more about your background and then teach us how do we buy raw land, 20 to 30 cents on the dollar. My background was a really angry, miserable, micromanaged, soulless investment banker. <laughs> and I was working with private equity groups and I was doing mergers and acquisitions and we're looking at companies, enterprise value of say five to 500 million. So really small stuff in that space, right? And so I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company has EBITDA margins or free cash flow of 15%, right? Great companies. Average companies at 10%. I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. And this guy that we hired from our firms telling me he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying a property for next to nothing. He's selling it an average of 300% turn on investment. And I'm like, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from the show me state. I'm like, there's no way he's doing this. So I go with him. I go to New Mexico. I got like three grand saved up for car repairs. And I just did exactly what he said to do. So I bought 10 half acre lots in New Mexico an average price of 300 bucks each. I just put them up online. And next thing I knew, like the next 10 days later, I sold them at average price of $1,200 each. I'm like, son of a gun, it works. <laughs> so I took all that money and I went to another auction in Arizona. And I mean, there's no one in the room, Joe. This is like 2000 And I'm buying up properties left and right for nothing, five, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Putting them up online, I made over $90,000 in six months on that second auction alone. Mm -hmm. So I said to my wife, I'm like, honey, I hate my job. I'm like, I'm going to quit my job. And she's like, absolutely not, right? <laughs> so I said, fine, fine, fine. So I did land investing part-time until the land investing exceeded the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full-time ever since. So it took 18 months to really quit my job. And I'm unemployable now. I've been doing it ever since. But I want the listeners to understand exactly how I do it. Because when I first started, you could go to tax deed auctions and you could buy up raw land because there was no one in the room. Those days are kind of over. Everyone kind of knows about that. And you don't want to be in a competitive sort of auction environment buying a property, let's say 80 cents of the dollar or 90 cents of the dollar. Mm -hmm. We buy it 20, 30 cents of the dollar. So how do we do this? Joe, do you want to know? I want to know. 
There's a few ways we do it. The first way is we want to look for the lowest hanging fruit. So Joe, are you in New York right now? I'm in Cincinnati now. You're in Cincinnati. Okay. So let's imagine that I see on the tax roll, Joe Fairless owes $200 in back taxes on a piece of raw land in Texas, right? Because I know you love Texas, Mm -hmm. but you live in Cincinnati. So I send you a quote unquote top dollar offer, 20 to 30 cents on the dollar. Now, how do I know what that offer should be? Well, I'll look at the comparable sales for let's say six to 12 to 18 months, whatever it is, get a median value, or I might take even the lowest value and I'll divide by four. And that's going to give me this huge margin of safety. Warren Buffett always talked about this margin of safety. Well, I've got a massive margin of safety and I'm going to send you this offer, which you'll accept or you won't accept, but you owe back taxes and you've been getting notices from the treasurer all this time. And you're like, I'm never going to go look at this property in Texas. And you're not emotionally attached to it. It's a piece of raw land. It's not a house. And so you accept the offer. Now, 3 to 5% of people accept that offer, right? So if it's under 3%, I know I got my numbers a little low. If it's over 5%, everybody's accepting my offer. I'm probably a little high. Mm-hmm. We go, we do our due diligence, and we close on that deal. So that's the first way we'll kind of value it and we'll buy it. Can I just summarize that to make sure I'm following on that first way before we move to the second? So the first way is to get access to the tax roll to see who owes back taxes, send them a offer, 20 to 30 cents on the dollar, and you know what that offer is by looking at comps and taking, we'll say the lowest value and divide by four to get the margin of safety. What comps? Are they raw land comps? Yeah, raw land comps. What have been the recent sales in similar parcels. Where do you get that? So the assessor will have that information. And some counties are great. They're online and you get that information very easily. Others are really backwards and you've got to contact the county assessor and do that. So that's one way. When you contact the county assessor, let's say I got access to the tax assessor's website, right? That's where you go? No, the assessor is different than the treasurer. Okay. So if we look at a county there's going to be really four county departments that are really important for us. The first one is the recorder. They record our deeds. And we want to make sure our deeds don't get kicked back to us. So there's like a standard deed protocol. And we save a lot of money by not having to hire attorneys. So typically what we'll do is, let's say, for example, that on your property in Texas, I'll look at your deed that was recorded and I'll just retranscribe that exact deed and just reverse the grantor and grantee. So that's in my company name. So you're going to sell me that property. And this way I keep my costs very low because I don't have frictional costs of, say, an attorney. So that's the recorder. Then we've got the treasurer. The treasurer is the person in charge of collecting taxes for the county. And they use those taxes for all the typical stuff, for improvements, whatever it is, education. And then you've got the assessor. And the assessor will look at all the deeds that get recorded. And they'll say, oh, look at this. This is what it it sold for. And based on that sale, we'll assess that property of value. And based on that assessment, then the treasurer can go ahead and charge a proper tax amount. So we'll notice, you look at your assessed value on your house, it's way lower typically than the market value, usually about 30%, which is a good thing because we don't want to pay more property taxes. So, but with raw land, the great thing and the frustrating, maddening thing about raw land is that comps can be all over the place. It's a very inefficient market, which is great if you're on my end of it, yep. right? But it's not so great if you're not completely understanding it 
or you just can't get a handle on value. So another quick and dirty way to value property. Oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, you said there are four departments. What was oh, the fourth? Oh, yeah. And the, the fourth is, I'm sorry, it's planning and zoning. Okay. So we want to call planning and zoning for our due diligence. What can we do there? What can't we do there? Can we build? What are the roads? What are the easements? Are there okay. any utility easements? Those types of things. And so now let me summarize correctly this time, hopefully, before we move on to the second. So we call the treasurer's office to see who owes back taxes, or we look online for the county, and then we identify those who owe back taxes. Is there usually a search field for raw land back taxes, or do you just have to go through manually? Well, basically, it'll be a use code. You can search by VL, vacant land. So you search by VL, and then you just manually just look to see who owes back taxes? Yeah, exactly. So typically, if you get from the treasurer's list, they pretty much almost all owe back taxes. Well, I would say they all owe back taxes, but you'll see who owes back taxes in that field. And then you would just you would scrub it, and you would do a search. And then you would batch that list. So, for example, once we get it sorted by back taxes and use code, then we'll also want to sort it by acre. Because you want to set an owner that has 40 acres the same offer that has five acres in that same county. That 40-acre person is going to be really mad. So that's one way. Now, let's say, for example, you contact the county treasurer and they're like, oh, we don't have that list. We don't provide that list. Then the best thing to do is go to the county assessor and get the entire property roll, which is public information, and get that in Excel, and then start taking out all the commercial property, industrial property, residential houses by use code VL, vacant land. You get all the vacant land in that county, and then you start batching it by size and getting your valuations correctly per acre and send out the offers that way. Always dividing comps by four. And with the comps, you said per acre? Acre, typically we'll look at what the entire property sold for. And then like if there's a three acres versus 1.5, you're just going to have to do the math and figure that the 1.5, you would pay half as much as you would the three acres. You would think so, but actually the one and a half acre is going to get more money per acre than a five acre, a 10 acre, a 40 Mm -hmm. acre would. So that might not be the best math to do. It always would be better to go to a recent comp on a one and a half acre and divide by four. And you're getting the comps from the assessor's office and they're going to show what were the recent sales of the land, and that's their assessed tax value, right? Not their real value? Well, no. The real value is what it's sold for. That's a, a actual So it's going to show that, right? Right. What else? Okay, so that's really how you can value it. Now, the big challenge is going to be getting a good list and getting it to Excel format, and there's a couple ways to do it. Obviously, my favorite way is just go directly to the county. You can pay for these lists. You can go to Agent Pro. 247.com and buy a list and scrub a list, you can go to your local title company and ask them for a list. Taxellists.com might have the list. And another really fun strategy is to do what I call a deed grabber strategy. So let's say, for example, Joe, you've been getting these back tax notices for years and all of a sudden you know next month you're going to lose your property to tax deed auction. Well, you know this is going to happen. So a deed grabber situation would be, I'm going to send you an offer letter right before that property is going to go 
to tax deed auction and buy it from you and record that deed and pay the back taxes so I don't have to go into a competitive situation. And that's what we call a deed grabber situation in that respect. You time it by going on your calendar and looking at all the tax sale dates for those counties that you're interested in, and you plan out your mailings based upon when those tax deed sales will occur in those counties. And the treasurer will tell you that information. It's online as well. And you can also email them too. There's a great website called NACO, N-A-C-O.org, that gives you all 3,007 counties, all the county information that you want for your county. You can email the treasurer and the assessor, planning and zoning, the recorder. It's all there in one spot. What's your mailer say? It's very simple. It's pretty to the point. It says, I'm interested in buying your property at this amount. And it shows like the legal description and the acreage. And then it says, accept here, sign here, and mail it back. And then it might have a little line for a counter offer. Then it'll have some legalese saying, hey, based on this, this, and this, it has an out clause. So sure. we're always having a way out. But it's really, really a one-page letter. People look at my offer letter like, oh my gosh, so it's cold. I'm like, yeah, but it works, right? Because they know they owe back taxes or they know what's going on. Like, I don't need to play games, and especially with sellers. Now, buyers are different. Buyers, I'll, I'll massage a little bit more. But sellers are like the bus. There's always another deal down the pike. So if I'm not going to get my price, I'm not interested in... I don't want to be in the appraisal business. So like, typically, like with housing, they'll send a general letter saying, hey, I'm interested in buying your house. Okay, well, I'm interested in selling my house. Well, what are we going to buy it for. Where in this situation, I really want the most motivated of sellers that see what I'm going to pay for that property and then they'll sell it. Mm -hmm. So last year we did 192 transactions this way. Mm -hmm. Let's say we got the list. We mailed something out to the address that we got from the list. Someone calls us back. Do they call you? back or do they email? What's the process? They send it to my mailbox and then we have it scanned. So I use a service, a smart scan alert. So basically I don't even touch mail anymore. It'll go to them, they'll scan it. And then from the scan, I'll have my VA team contact them and let them know, hey, we got back your returned signed agreement to sell your land. Mark and his team are going to take seven days of due diligence and we'll let you know within the next seven days how we're going to close. And then typically what we'll do is we'll email them a deed for them to sign, notarize, send back to us. We'll record it, and then we'll send them a check. Now, Once if it's 5000 or less, now if it's more than $5,000, we will close to your title company. Okay. Why? Just safety. What's the risk for the less than 5000 The risk for the less than 5000 is what if I missed during due diligence? a break in the chain of title. That's going to be the risk. Or I missed some lien out there that I didn't find. Do you look for liens? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. your team does. And where do they go to look for the liens? We have access to a title company database and they do it that way. We go on Google Earth, get aerial maps, we get the GPS coordinates for all four corners. We have a whole system in place, basically. Those are a whole property report on raw land, what we're looking for. And as long as I can sleep well at night, risking $5,000 or less on that transaction, we'll close it that way. But typically, if it's more than $5,000, I don't want to go through a title company. I want to mm-hmm. get a preliminary title report. I want an abstractor actually pulling the physical documents from the county versus kind of an online search. 
which might be 90% accurate sometimes. So there's a little bit more risk. But again, we're not talking real dollars, right? Educate me on why you say that. Because it's $5,000 or less. It's not a multi-million dollar deal where lawsuits could get involved. Right. Is the number one buyer of raw land the neighbor? It is. The neighbor is great. If the neighbor passes, then you go to your buyer's list, people that you know are interested in buying raw land. And then we sell a lot on Craigslist and Facebook today. So there's the costs of marketing are like nothing. If it's not the neighbor, what are people buying this land for? You know, a lot of times it's a legacy investment. They grew up hearing, hey, it's really important to own an asset or own raw land. And they know the area. Maybe they want to go out there and use it recreationally, or maybe one day they want to build out there. Some people just are preppers. So they're hoping for the best, but they're preparing for the worst. They need a place to bug out to that's kind of more rural. There's tons of reasons. It's an interesting niche because there's just such a lust for land in this country. Typically, we sell land 30 days or less. What happens if you don't sell it? Do you just keep lowering the price until you do, or do you have another way out? We make it irresistible. When you have a 300% margin of safety, it's really hard to lose. You'd have to make a huge mistake. And I've made huge mistakes, and I've still made money. Do you have any raw land that you hold yourself? Yeah. We'll put it into our family trust, and we buy something that is in the path of growth. It's like off the highway, mm-hmm. and we can see the growth going there that I don't ever sell that property and I have in my trust documents. Children don't sell this ever. With the markets that you focus on, or even more to the point, what you recommend someone who's listening focus on, what would you tell them? I would say nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd really love to own some raw land in Minnesota. Unless you live in Minnesota. I'd say focus on the areas of growth and sun. So I like Texas. I like Arizona, I like Colorado, I like California, I like Oregon and Washington, Nevada, and I like Florida. So you can make a tremendous living just in those states. There's so much property out there. People can't wrap their heads around how big this market is and how few players are. So Joe, if you and I went to a RIA meeting and we started introducing ourselves, like, what do you do? They say single family, I'm a wholesaler, single family. I flip single family. We'd be the only land guys yeah, there. You might true. be the only big multifamily guy. Yeah, it's true. As you're talking, I'm thinking about the meetup I host in Cincinnati and nobody does raw land. I can count on my left hand how many people that I know do raw land and you're one of them. It's definitely an interesting area. Yeah, there's no private equity groups in there. There's no hedge funds. So big money shy away from it mm-hmm. because they don't think it cash flows. But the way that we do it with seller financing, we get our money out on the down or within six months of the down. And then we have this passive income stream coming in without renters or rehabs or renovations or rodents. That's why I called it the best passive income model ever. Well, I think that's a good stopping point for us. And I'd like to continue, maybe have a part two to this conversation. What we talked about today was how to buy raw land, 20 to 30 cents on the dollar. And then we can have a follow-up conversation on, once you've bought it, how to sell it. Because the seller financing conversation will take longer than the time we have now. And I don't want to rush it. You down for that? I'm down. All right, sweet. Well, thank you for being on the show again. This was educational, that's for sure. 
And then even if, best ever listeners, even if you're not interested in raw land, just having Mark walk us through the different county departments, <laughs> it's ridiculous as that sounds, but I've never had anyone actually walk through the recorder, the treasurer, the assessor, and the planning and zoning departments and their roles. So at minimum, that was educational, but holy cow, if we're looking at raw land, then walking us through the process certainly was helpful. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you in the meantime for part two? Go to thelandgeek.com. Learn more there. All right, Mark. Talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks, Joe. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you looking for your next home in a high value market like San Francisco? Gabrielle Doms with Premier Properties is a leading broker whose market knowledge and attention to detail gets results for you. Contact Gabrielle at 415-200-7202. That's 415-200-7202.